Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. I've been waiting about two years to say this, but I think it's time. You can just remain standing. I think it's enough time. Let's greet one another and say, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad everyone's here online. We were afraid to do this, but now we're okay, okay? All right. (laughs) Everyone watching online and here in person, welcome. You can be seated. Let's practice the rule of life and permeate God's presence in this place. Let's welcome uh, the anointing of the Spirit to change us, to meet us where we're at. So if you could bow your heads with me, let's all right now exhale the ruminating, the automatic, harassing thoughts, self-accusatory, self-condemning. We bring it in the name of the Lord Jesus and rebuke them and bring it to the feet in the house of God. And inhale the transcending presence of God in peace that suppresses our understanding. Sarah Young, January 23rd. It's all right to be human. When your mind wanders while you're praying, don't be surprised or upset. Simply return your attention to me. Share a secret smile with me, knowing that I understand. Rejoice in my love for you, which has no limits or conditions. Whisper my name in loving contentment, assure that I would never leave you or forsake you. Intersperse these peaceful interludes abundantly throughout your day. This practice will enable you to attain a quiet and gentle spirit which is pleasing to me. As you live in close contact with me, the light of my presence filters through you to bless you, to bless others. Your weaknesses and your woundedness are the openings through which the light of the knowledge of my glory shines forth. My strength and power show themselves most effective in your weakness. All God's people pray. Amen. Pick up that today at the cafe. We're only 7.53. But you could round it up to 10 if you would like. We'll never know. In the summer of 2011, an American apparel company reported by the Los Angeles Times and the New York Times and the Atlantic and, and so forth in the news media in an interesting turn of events where 
Advertisers want ad placement on TV, especially the number one TV show at the moment. Told the producers of Jersey Shore, how many people watch Jersey Shore when it released, raise your hand? I judge you severely. I, I watched it too though. That's when we invented the word stupider because there's no way anyone had a script for that show. It was just stupider. Um, but anyway, Abercrombie and Fitch, which was known controversially and infamously of hiring models, meaning just regular people that look pretty good, to model for them wear their clothes right in the door, at the doorway entrance. Actually, this is a very interesting story. In college, our, one of our roommates was actually a model at Abercrombie and Fitch. And, you're, and I was like, dude, everybody's a model at Abercrombie and Fitch. And they're like, no, prove it. And they actually show me a bag of his face attending our school. So I became his best friend. But anyway, uh, they decided to ask Jersey Shore cast, especially Mike the Situation, to stop wearing their clothes because they thought that they were ruining the sophistication, the IV look that they were going for. The brand was being damaged by Jersey Shore. It was a very surprising break from any news being really good for your brand. And I know that's funny, and you're like, well, what does this have to do with prayer? Well, likewise, in a similar way, today, I would like to reclaim prayer for the average person. Tell someone next to you, you. You. I would like to reclaim prayer for the average person. Because somewhere along the way, prayer has been hijacked by this erroneous assumption that it is only reserved for saints, mystics, and those who are inherently set apart by God for a special purpose. Further pushing this ancient discipline and us away further and further from this discipline. When prayer by, really, the notion of prayer itself is already hyperbolic, right? I mean, the finite touching the infinite, the temporal colliding with the primordial. And earth touching heaven? That seems almost incomprehensible. Is that even possible? And that's why so many people give up developing a habit of prayer. I'm not one of those people. Why bother? Perhaps we got prayer all wrong. What if we're looking at prayer completely wrong? What if prayer is the place where you begin to learn that your righteousness is not earned by effort or performance, but by the righteousness imputed to you by cross, by, the, by Christ on the cross. Amen? The communion strengthens the idea of saints. The Bible, Paul uses saints casually. Tell someone next to you, you're a saint. You're like, uh, trust me, I am not a saint. Well, Paul uses the word saint lightly to the, to the saints in emphasis. And let me, if you study Ephesus, they're not saints. Because sainthood, unlike how the Catholic Church defines it in a theological way, 
is positionally acquired righteousness by the death Jesus gave. And he he imputed, say the word imputed, imputed his righteousness to you. So when the Father sees you, he sees Christ's righteousness on you. So you are a saint. Through prayer and through communion, we realize this more and more. What if prayer is the doorway to Narnia? Confirming rumors of another world like that Oxford Don once discovered and those others that gone before him and after him. These are various, multiple reasons why we have to learn to pray again. Because more than prayer helping us discover our sacred purpose, our collective purpose in Christ, maybe even more important than that, is where you discover your identity, who you belong to, who you are, your value. So prayer is not reserved for saints and mystics and those who are inherently set apart. It's for the average person that learned all that when they bowed their head and closed their eyes. So if you look at it that way, your purpose and destiny is just a prayer away. And so that's what we want to learn today, how we can reclaim prayer for the average person when it's been hijacked by mystics and saints and that notion, an erroneous assumption. And what better place to start than the Lord's Prayer? The most infamous prayer and the most famous prayer that everybody knows. And that's where we want to begin. So let's look at the passage. Jesus said in verse 2, He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive our sins. For you also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. There are many variations, two passages of Scripture, one in Matthew, one in Luke. But I wanted to focus on Luke, and for the next several weeks we're going to stay here. But I want to help you uncover and unpack the compounding value of short prayers. Because you can't pray long anyway, right? (laughs) How many people tried? My relationship with prayer is that uh, I was taught by my mentors, you're supposed to soak in prayer. So when I was 16, one summer, all I did was pray. People called me, what are you doing praying? What are you doing now reading the Bible? What are you doing now praying? How, how long did you pray today? Eight hours. And let me tell you the outcome of this experiment, empirical outcome, quantitative data, the data well, for me, it made me pious. Not holier, not deeper. Because when people said, how much did you pray? <laughs> Eight hours. And some of my friends are like, you're a loser, bro. <laughs> Go out. There's this notion that prayer, deep prayer, are those monks in the mountains contemplating. They're probably thinking about a whopper 
in reality. You just, they just look earnest, <laughs> but they're thinking, oh, whopper. <laughs> Why? Because you're human. Sarah Young said that today, that you're human when you get distracted. That's what it means. You're human. Jesus doesn't give a long prayer. He gives 66 words. You know how long 66 words? Can, you can, how many words you can say in a minute? 130, right? Two to three syllables per word. And if you add that, it's 130. So therefore, if 66, that's 30 seconds. Tell someone next to you, 30 seconds. The Lord's Prayer is 30 seconds. The average devotional of Sarah Young is 250 words, three times the size of the Lord's Prayer. And the most enduring prayer in history is those 66 words. And actually, the Father's added to it, right? Because really, in this Luke, it's 37 words or 34 words. It's actually about 28 seconds. So there's this notion that if I'm going to be good in prayer or effective in prayer, I have to pray long and deeply. When Jesus, when, when the disciples ask Jesus, how shall we pray? Jesus says, say this. He, does, he doesn't even say, well, you should pray more. You should pray more earnestly. No, he goes, this is exactly how you should pray, like a breath. You can, hold, can you hold your breath for 30 seconds? That's how long you should pray. Maybe we should practice right now. Everybody, no. <laughs> please don't die on me. No, I mean, it's 30 seconds of prayer. So there is this compounding value Jesus is teaching about. It's that prayer is not about what you say or how long you say it. It's about really what? It's about the heart. It's about proximity. Think about just the words that have shaped the world. The Lord's Prayer, 66 words. The Gettysburg, Gettysburg Address, 287 words. The Declaration, 1,332 words. Tax regulation on cabbage in the United States, 29,911 words. But it's nonsense, right? No one's going to actually read that. But there are people that pray, say that praying is... It's, that's valuable, praying 29,000. No, God's like, please stop. I already know everything. So, to reclaim prayer for the normal person, Jesus begins for the normal person. And they're the most committed disciples, the apostles, the founders of Christianity. And they start with 66 words. How much? How, how many words does Twitter allow? Amen. Okay, what, uh, I don't know. None of us know. None of us use Twitter, right? But uh, I mean, I mean, do you see that? <laughs> so this notion has to be broken. You can start this year. You're like, well, I don't know if I'll ever be good at this. Well, what if you became better at prayer this year, just one percent a day? Because you prayed 30 seconds, or you paid one minute for every meal. Not for the meal, but actual prayer. If you, were, if, if you did that, practice the, the minimal, inconsequential, but seemingly, and said, I want to be better at prayer 1%, not 100%, not at 25%, just 1%. Then by the end, You'll be better by how much, what's the percentage by the end of the year? You'd be 370 times better. You'd be a master. You'd be a Jedi master in prayer. 
Look what this quote says from James Clear in Atomic Habits. Your outcomes are a lagging measure of your habits. Your net worth is a lagging measure of your financial habits. Your weight is a lagging measure of your eating habits. This is true, I know, firsthand. Your knowledge is a lagging measure of your learning habits. Your clutter is a lagging measure of your cleaning habits. You get what you repeat. Bamboo is known to be one of the fastest growing plants on the earth, especially in Asia, right? The panda, I know, because panda is my favorite, it's my spirit animal. But bamboo can be hardly seen for the first five years growing a complex root system. And then, after five years, in just six weeks, it grows 90 feet into the air. A lot of people give up on prayer because it feels marginal. And this is true for the church. Most people struggle with prayer their whole life because they think they have to pray long and hard. They can't do that. Why do you think a devotional is 250 pages? Why do you think it's the best selling? You can do 250 words in the bathroom, in the subway, right? But the Lord's Prayer is 66 words. But when you pray them, when prayer becomes a breath, it can change everything. It might look like nothing is happening, but underneath the surface, roots are growing. And that's what we want to see this year. We want to help you become firmly rooted in your relationship with God more than anything else. So how can we reclaim prayer for the average person? The first lesson we learn is we need to make a habit of praying, what? In short spurts. May I pray in tongues in short spurts, but every few hours. So I could keep anointed, you know what I'm saying? And it helps me focus. And we'll be talking about tongues in the next few weeks as well. I hope some of you get it. So it could really help you out. If you're really poor in prayer, my wife is really good in prayer. That's why she didn't get it. She always prays. She's like, I'm like, you're so diligent. I'm lazy. And God knew that, so he gave me tongues. I could pray. He could pray for me. It's like, you know, automation of prayer, you know what I'm saying? So some of you who are a little more in the, uh, the human nature where you're lacking, pray for tongues. But yeah, make a habit of praying in short spurts. Don't be guilted into prayer. And don't feel bad about it. It is something that we have to master because it's really not just important, but it's the place where we learn who we are and what our assignment is. Paul tells us very clearly only what? When we align to God's good and pleasing will, when we align ourselves to it, will we know his good, pleasing, perfect will? It's not that God is not speaking. He is. It's just that we're not listening. And prayer helps us listen. So let's move down. So that's the first lesson we learned 
And this is really simple, but in those 66 words, the first word might be the most important. Jesus says, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father. And that must have been a revolutionary concept and notion for the disciples. And practically, the reason why Jesus was crucified. To equate yourself to God as your father would mean you're his son. Would apply to being the Messiah. Would apply to be the partner in creation. Would apply to mean that you are God yourself. Which reminds me of a time. So this picture up here. My sons were really nice to me. And this rarely happens. But they are brazen in their manipulation. Josh sends me texts all the time. When he learned, I really did not want him to learn to text. Because now his manipulation of getting things is he texts me links of the shoes he wants. And he's brazen because he asks for shoes every week. And he doesn't feel bad. Can you teach me how to guilt my children to feeling bad for entitlements they want? How do I do that? They're brazen. What is the first word Josh says in a text? Dad, check this link out. The Stranger Things shoes, that's what I want. I'm really glad he's going more into like the vintage stuff. Because he, I mean, leaving sports, because all those Jordans, oh my goodness. That man is a thief. And he's my favorite player, but I'm not liking him anymore because how much the shoes are. So Josh doesn't even appreciate that, but he's going to, and he's brazen. He, and he was like, this is the uh, sweater I want. Can you give me the Apex Twins t-shirt? And then my older son's like, you know, he thinks more creatively about what he wants. So he goes, Dad, do you, you know, do you think, oh, I don't want really anything for my birthday, but do you think I can get a camera? I thought about it for a second. It's like, this is really good manipulation. Because the father wants to give all good gifts to their children. A lot of times, a lot of us pray timid prayers, transactional prayers, because we don't know who the heck we're talking to. When you say God, not his name, God, supreme being, infinite being, omnipresent, omniscient being, don't strike me dead. There's this, this gap, this chasm of distance. But when he, when you say Father, well, it's a bit more, well, if you're my father, you are responsible for me, and I take possession of you. And when the text says, Father in heaven, it means heaven is mine. Tell someone next to you, heaven is mine. And the angels in it. Because the Father is mine. Possessive. That hev heaven is my house. Forget a mansion, heaven's my house, y'all. This will change the very dynamic 
of your relationship with God, and you're like, well, what can I get? Hmm. That's, even, that's good. Start with that. Try it out, because God's infinitely wise. And, he, and sometimes you could say no, but hey, at least you tried. When God becomes, the concept of God becomes the everlasting Father, the confidence grows in my declaration of who I am, where I am. And for some odd reason, if, if everything is falling apart in my life, and the things around me, the psychosocial environment cannot be controlled, and everything is shaking, I find this confidence that I'll be just all right. Because this is not my home anyway. That's how we have to learn to pray this year. So, second lesson of how we can reclaim prayer from the mystics, the saints, and those who, spe- who are specially called is what? Make a habit of what? Becoming a bit more what? Brazen while praying this year. My parents owned a small business when I was a kid, and I remember a lot of times I would only go to the store when I needed money. And I remember one day, and this is why I can't yell at my kids, because I did the same thing. And then my, my oldest son goes, Mom, gave you everything you wanted. True. But I remember one time distinctly I went to the store, and usually my, my habitual routine at the store was drinking two, bo- two basically cups of Nantucket iced tea. And I, you know, I didn't say hi, I was brazen. So one time, customers sitting there were like, you're like, kid, yo, kid, you got to pay for that. And I just ignored them, drank, drank both, took some chocolate. And then I said, and holding my breath, I said, it's okay, I own this place. <laughs> Folks, come into church like you own the place. Pray like you own the place because you do... The Bible tells us that we are seated in Christ in the heavenly places now. Tell someone next to you, now. Not when you die and go to heaven. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, all spiritual blessings and all material blessings have been given to us in the treasure in Christ. Maybe one of the reasons why there's no breakthrough is because you're not brazen enough. Because you don't know who you are and who your father is. And I pray that that would be developed this year. Amen? Stand and pray together. Let's lift our hands today and become brazen in our relationship. Through Christ on the cross, we have an older brother who's Jesus. And through him, we have a father 
that has adopted us. One of the reasons why in the Roman Empire, Paul makes a big deal of Roman citizenship was, if you were a Roman citizen in Roman times, you didn't work. The conquest made servants and gave them a purpose, which was great inequality, but we still see that today. But why it was so coveted was because if you're a Roman citizen, you were given a house, servants, you had entitlements and rights. Paul quotes that ideology with becoming children of God. That what marvel is this? What crazy, amazing grace is this? That through Christ, we have the right to become children of God. And I pray that we would unpack that revelation this year. And by the end of the year, we'll become 370 times, 365 times better. And become a Jedi prayer master. Let's make this our prayer. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your will be done, oh Father. Here on earth. Just as it is in heaven. Just Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done, O oh Father. Here on earth. Father, we pray this year that we would grow in our communion with you and our goal is 1% better every day. Just like bamboo, we pray that even though visibly we not be able to see immediate results, we pray that this year when the harvest comes, it would be an amazing abundance of growth where prayer is becoming fervent and real and we're hearing your voice more than we have ever heard before. And we love you and we follow you not because of any other reason but because we have a relationship with you ourselves. And allow that blessing to flow through us and in us to the world. Folks, more than ever before, we need people to represent God in a way that can repaint who God the Father is because we're, we're, we're really a bit of a pickle here. The church has a really big problem in the way we look to the world. So many of us, especially in this country, have failed to represent him well.
God is calling us to be more than members of a church. He's calling you to be ambassadors, sons and daughters of the King, emanating His presence and the aroma of Christ and His power coming forth through you. You are called to be a leader in Christ, influencer, not online, but in real life. You know what I mean? Because that does exist, right? So Lord, help us. Make a habit of praying in short spurts. And becoming more brazen in our prayer to our Father. Will you bow your heads for the benediction? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Um, we're so glad to see you here, both in person and online. I'm Sarah. I'm a member here at 180 Church. I'm going to be sharing our community news today before we go into the rest of our service. So our first announcement is tithes and offerings. So if you're a member here at 180 Church, we want to remind you to keep um, God in the center of our life and our finances. Um, so you can tithe faithfully at Venmo, Zelle, Chase QuickPay, or PayPal. If you're visiting for the first time, welcome. There's no financial obligation to give. But if you'd like to, um, you're welcome to give at the methods I mentioned or at 180church.tv to learn more and give through that way as well. The next up is Bible Reading Group. So Bible Reading Group can be found at 180BRG at Instagram and Tumblr. Um, so this is a really great way to um, just read the Bible throughout the week and learn more about who God is and just make it a part of our life. Um, and so you can check us out there and follow along. Our next announcement is about prayer um, as a community. So we have our prayer text hotline at 5397 prayer. This is an awesome resource where if there's anything um, that you would like to request prayer for or anyone in your life, you can submit it here and there will be a team praying confidentially for it and for you. If there are any victories in your life, you're also welcome to share them as well so that the team can celebrate with you. And we also have our house of prayer. This is on Sundays right here in the theater at 1140 every Sunday before service. And this is a place to um, prepare and quiet our hearts before service as Pastor Lydia leads this time. Our next announcement is about small groups. So small groups are a way where we can slow down and reflect on what we hear on Sunday in the context of community. We're meeting mostly remotely at this time. So we have multiple groups that meet throughout the week. Our adult groups meet on Wednesdays at 7.30. Young adults meet Thursdays at 7.30. And 180 Fellowship, our college ministry, meets on Mondays at 7.30. If you're interested in getting plugged into a small group, you can talk to me or any of the greeters in blue and we'll help find the right one for you. Um, our next announcement is about social media. So there are so many ways where we can stay connected um, as a community throughout the week. We have three handles on Instagram, um, 180 Church, 180 BRG, and our 180 Fellowship page. We have our YouTube at 180 Church NYC, where I know many of you are tuning in now. We have Dr. Sammy's Twitter page at Dr. Sammy Kim. Is it a Twitter page? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> we have our Facebook at 180 Church, and our, um, as I mentioned, we have our um, 180BRG at Tumblr. So we welcome you guys to follow along there. 
Our next announcement is about ways that we can serve the community. So we are looking for volunteers in a few different areas. So if you're looking to serve, um, we have some opportunities here for you. The first one is about children's ministry. Um, if you'd like to uh, just be around kids and teach them about God, you can um, talk to Pastor Lydia or Michelle Kim and they will um, get you plugged into that. Next, we have 180 Cafe. As many of you mentioned, we have awesome baristas making coffee or tea that you can enjoy before and after service. If you'd like, if you like making coffee, we're looking for volunteers here as well, so you can definitely join us there. Um, and lastly, the greeting team is also looking for volunteers. If you're interested in serving the community and just saying hi to faces, it really makes such a difference for people when they come. So if you'd like to be part of that ministry, you can talk to Danny O or Wendy Lee.